Welcome to Parents on Pictures Podcast. My name's Damien. I'm Andy. I'm Matt. I'm Sam. And what we do each and every episode is we take a film or we take a TV series or documentary on uh, things like Netflix, Amazon Prime, essentially any streaming platform that presents itself. And we come in here and we talk about what we've picked for that episode. So, Sam, I don't know why I've picked you randomly, but I think it's because you're the first person I was looking at. What have we picked this week? So we have picked Soul from Disney Pixar released uh, last year 2020 straight onto streaming services i think probably as a result of the uh, uh, the lockdown and if i just uh, I'll, I'll read the uh, the synopsis um after landing the gig of a lifetime a new york jazz pianist suddenly finds himself trapped in a strange land between earth and the afterlife and this is currently available on disney plus given that it's a pixar production so before we go into it uh, there's we, we've covered some stuff like this before, but it is, I suppose it's, it's kind of a, a fine line between an adult and a child's film. It is something that you can watch all together because it's PG and obviously it's Disney, so it's family friendly. It's not on Disney Star, which has recently been released, which has got all of their adult content. But what were we thinking before going into this? Were we looking forward to this one? What were your initial thoughts? So if I, I started watching this because I saw the advert for it on Disney Plus and I thought it looked amazing from the advert and i sat down with my wife and my three-year-old and we got 10 minutes in and we turned it off because it's not that it's not suitable for a three-year-old it's just that it's not engaging for a three-year-old so my wife and i went back to it and watched it again uh afterwards Mm. because yeah yeah i think i think you're onto something there andy because i think the thing with disney pixar is uh a lot of the films that a lot of the films that they do that work for me are the ones that are that that are pitched at, um, at all age ranges and can be enjoyed across the board. But I would say, bar one series or one franchise from Pixar, I think they're probably have got appeal to adults across the board. I think there are some of them that aren't as good for kids, um, but across the board, I think actually as, as adults you can enjoy. Um, all of them. Um, Damien won't need to um, uh, won't need to guess which franchise I'm talking about, but there's one. Uh, well, let's see what you guys think. I mean, I think pretty much. I, I think there might be only one Disney Pixar movie I haven't seen all the way through, but out of all of them, it's only the Cars franchise that I can't stand. Um, mm-hmm. But apart from apart from that, I, I, I've I've enjoyed pretty much every single one that I've watched. Yeah. Why don't you like Cars, Sam? Now, this is going to be really stupid because it's a kid's film. And that one is one of those that it is a kid's film, but I cannot suspend disbelief. In all of the other ones, I can I, the, the toys coming to life, 100%. That could happen. I've turned my back, the toys could be alive. Yep, that's, that's fine. I can believe that. Tiny little emotions in the head, 100%. You know, yeah, um, that, I can do that. Pull down a storm drain and... Uh... Yeah turn up in in yeah okay mm. it, it it can all it, cars no what what's their purpose there's no humans so there's no <laughs> purpose to them yeah it's not not designed for for adults you're right uh the uh, majority of their stuff is designed with adults in in mind as well and cars is not you and 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 i'd like to extend that to airplane as well i was just about to ask yeah i was just about to ask if anybody would seen planes yeah, yeah. love that <laughs> oh, i think there's i think there's a reason the planes didn't get any sequels um 
it's uh yeah it's interesting i would agree with you uh all actually a lot of the pixar stuff children can watch it because it's uh usually funny there's a lot going on it's very colorful but it is tailored towards an adult audience because a lot of the jokes go over the kids' heads. And mm. it's just risky enough, or risque, depending on how you want to pronounce, it's just on that line where if you understand what's actually being said, the adults mm. get a chance to go, oh, <laughs> thankfully the kids won't understand that. But this one, I watched it on my own. I didn't watch it with the kids or the family. Um, as I tend to do, because uh, the kids, <laughs> they're into cars. They're like, Daddy, let's put cars on. I'm like, okay, for the 50th time. Um, trying to get to watch them, something, trying to get them to watch something different is is difficult in our house. They like what they like. So I watched it on my own, and I was quite taken aback by some of the um, topics and how mature, not the content, but the what they were trying to deal with. I was like, is this actually suitable for kids because whilst my three-year-old might not understand this my six-year-old will and i don't know how she would deal with these topics because whilst we're having those conversations it's like whoa take a step back a minute this is this is really heavy stuff yeah i i i was very surprised it was actually released on on christmas day it's quite presumptuous of of disney to think that people are gonna take the the day out to to probably sit down and watch a, a family film and pick this one and and I, I imagine there was a lot of disappointed families on, on Christmas Day um, watching this. My kids we watched it a few days after and um, they were bored. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't, it, don't get me wrong I didn't you know I, I quite enjoyed the film I just don't think this is a kids film and I think that you go into this thinking it is going to be a kids film and I just don't think it is. So let's let's stop skirting around the the, the subject then. Uh, for anybody who doesn't want this spoiled, we're now going to go into spoiler territory. Um, so let's let's you know let's start talking and opening up the conversation about what the topics are that this film is attempting to deal with. Well, I think I mean obviously we're talking about death. It's not kind of a, a spoiler because it's in the trailer. Like the the idea is that Joe, the main character, is is obviously you know. He's, he's, he's focused 100% on getting, you know, he wants this gig. Uh, he wants to be this amazing jazz musician. He gets the chance of a lifetime and then, bam, falls down a drain, which is a classic bit of um, uh, sort of that physical. It's weird because it, I always think it's a physical comedy, even though it's in an animation, but it, mm. it kind of works. I think that's one of the things that Pixar are really good at, uh, is that, that physical comedy. But um one of the things that, that I thought in terms of that whole idea of death and the concept of what happens to you, what a soul is and things like that. Now I've got pretty specific beliefs as to what I think of when I'm talking about kind of the afterlife and, and the soul and those sort of things. But one of the things that I liked about this was it didn't necessarily go like, right, we are aligning ourselves with this faith structure or that. It kind of said, here's a story there's loads of different kind of you know approaches to this but this is we're just going to make a story about basically the, the premise and I, I guess if if you were to say anything the the overall theme is 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 kind of that idea of appreciating life and appreciating those little bits of life that actually make up mm-hmm. kind of the the uh, and again that probably ties into that whole idea of is that really a concept that a three-year-old four-year-old mm-hmm. five-year-old is, is going to buy into but I mean yeah 100 percent. i mean 
it, it could be a tough subject if like you're being asked those questions or what's going on oh he died oh what does that mean um you know is that what happens or whatever yeah i can understand that some people might have some i don't know some misgivings about that potentially yeah i think they handled that really well because uh the characters what you see is like uh the bit in between earth and heaven or hell they never address where the souls are going so that's left to interpretation which i would imagine depending on your faith your religion you'd bring a different interpretation as to where these souls are going to um because what we do is we see that bit where they're deciding where they're going so you've got the new souls that are going down to earth to start their lives and then you've got the the people who have died who have come to this like halfway house if you want to interpret it as not purgatory because that's a place where you kind of get stuck but it's where they stay before they go off to the big light in the sky or whether they go somewhere else so they never actually address whether they're going to heaven uh, or or hell they never address whether it's going to be allah or god or gaia or whatever your faith system might be and i thought that was really clever uh, by using this kind of like halfway point to never actually say yes you're going off to the christian god or what have you you bring that interpretation yourself and i guess with yeah. that the um the the, the the only thing i'd probably say is i, I more took it that there was kind of like a, it was almost like obliteration that you know you were at the end of the conveyor belt that was it you know you're kind of i don't know assimilated or whatever and and you don't you cease to sort of have a personality or whatever that's the whole thing that joe is scared of is that he he's got unfinished business um that he needs to deal with um uh, back on uh, back on on planet earth and and he's got to find some some way to uh, to get back there yeah yeah and and, and... If we go back to the, to the you know the question here um the, i wanted a bit more a bit more jazz to be honest you know the, the, the trailer the trailer alluded to there being um music more music than there actually was yeah i um, absolutely agree with that and especially um, when they were billing some really great musicians alongside it too you really you didn't get that payoff with the music absolutely yeah i, I was but, itching for it Throughout. when when you do when you do get to the scenes with music and and i guess because i was thinking you know each each in our way there's that whole thing of like being in the zone and i know like the um uh i know matt andy myself damo correct me if i'm wrong i don't think you're in the musical camp as maybe as much as we, i suppose but certainly with you with maybe martial arts i thought that was a concept that and although it may not have been as, as maybe as prevalent, but that whole idea of being in the zone and and seeing and how they presented that, that mm-hmm. did strike strike a chord with me, no pun intended. Um, and um, and certainly the scenes in in the club when the band are playing, maybe mm-hmm. maybe we could have done with more of that. But what we did get, I thought, was really expressive and really did make me kind of like hark back to times when i've been on a stage and just been like right in the moment sort of thing Mm. oh yeah i think there's a lot to be said for that um now i i i wasn't really looking for any kind of a musical payoff but i think a lot of that is because for me music is more of a it's a training tool i listen to music to get me ramped up um and ready for physical exercise i don't do a lot of listening to music for just the sheer joy of it 
doesn't mean I don't enjoy it, but I do lots of other things. So for me, I wasn't actually thinking about the music at any point. But now that you mention it, you're right. There is very little music in a film called Soul. Now, I know that it has a, you know, a double meaning. Um, you're talking about the soul of a person as well as soul music, because that is essentially uh, Joe's background. But the thing that did resonate with me um, probably because it, it forced me to look at my own life. And I don't mean to be like, oh, here we go. We're going really deep. This is, this is not the intention at all. But what it did make me reflect, uh, reflect upon is if I were to die tomorrow in a car crash or fall down a drain, would I have left any kind of a legacy behind? Or have I wasted my life trying to get somewhere that in Joe's case, he never got there? Uh, he died before he had his chance, but he'd spent most of his well all of his life up to this point trying to get that big break and he missed it because he died so i'm like well if if i were to die tomorrow what kind of legacy have i left behind i i felt that although although it did do that um because it was stuck in kind of limbo land between being a kid's film and an adult's film um some of the, some of the, the messages were watered down quite considerably i thought mm. um to almost to almost a wishy-washy um um kind of I, I would, nothing was really pushing me emotionally um and i can't put my finger on any now so so it's kind of going to be a bit of a gotcha moment here sorry guys but i'm sure there are other um um kind of pieces of art that 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 pull you through them thoughts better than this did i thought it was because the 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 well, um the message was was dumbed down quite a bit i think it, i struggled if you were looking for if you're looking for like an actual um i don't know film for adults on the same subject i would say you probably go to like something like whiplash uh, um mm, which yeah. would like give you that 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 kind of idea of that uh, obsession mm -hmm. and the damage that it causes like yeah. physically psychologically and like obviously the um i don't know the abusive relationship um uh, that's involved in that that's probably kind of a, an interesting companion why mm. haven't we reviewed whiplash yet guys is it available <laughs> is it available on streaming platforms oh, it, has it has been it, it has, has been, been. But is it now Right, someone no, no. quick look it up. Yeah, <laughs> no, because we need to look at that. Now, whip, whiplash, yeah. yeah. Even, yeah. even, even as a non-music kind of guy, Whiplash is is a very good. I'm not going to say any more than that because if we do end up reviewing it, <laughs> I've got a sneaky suspicion where it's going to go in terms of recommendations. Um, but I'm sorry, I, I'm just going to throw out there. I, uh, I'm going to be controversial and say that I probably slightly disagree with some of the because I I certainly found that the the more poignant moments did touch a tone a chord with me. I found yeah. that when it switched from when it moved from comedy to sort of the serious notes, that did that did land with me personally. Um, and the only thing I'd say on the music side as well is I did look it up and um, it was um, Trent Reznor who did mm -hmm. like the the actual original score. So thinking yeah. back i imagine and i'm thinking that it probably was more of a kind of a soundscape type approach as opposed to you know i know there are element there are parts where you've got kind of the jazz music actually being played mm. but i think maybe that's where it's maybe more subtle but i can understand why you know when sometimes when you see like an advert for this it's called soul it's got jazz music in it 
it's not got loads though. Yeah, so I'm fascinated that you said Trent Reznor um, did the music. He he he's a one hell of a producer. Those who don't know Nine Inch Nails um, writes and produces all the all the music. He's done, you know, the first couple of albums he did everything that you hear on that record himself. He's an absolute genius. And <laughs> I outside of the jazz music in this film, I I hate it. Uh, there was, there was, <laughs> was, I felt some really terribly lazy um, kind of choices of music. The, um, the, the one particular perturbed me was when they were um, jumping down to earth and he kept getting pulled back up and dropped back into this weird place and then he went and dived back into earth again. It just wouldn't let him. And uh, the music was frustrating me. I remember being annoyed by it. I've got it written down here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I believe there's no root it. Oh dear. Love it. <laughs> Love it. So just I, sorry, Andy. Yeah. Just, just on that note of Trent Reznor, he's not really famous for his jazz. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No. More for it is industrial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, it seems like because he's done. I. Oh my goodness! I couldn't tell you the name of any of them, but he's done quite a few scores for films um but the music when he has done oh my god i'm gonna have to look it up uh, when he has done them it is his genre it is that kind mm. of um a, what do you call it this noise electronic kind of collage oh, of sounds yeah absolutely industrial um, he did um social network yeah girl with the there dragon tattoo, gone girl there's a social network. The, the thing that always jumps out to me is that they have that um, during the boat race scene, they have the, what is it, Hall of the Mountain King, but then with the electric guitars coming in. And that is like, yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's really typical Nine Inch Nails, Predator style. But back to soul, it's almost like vaporware. I don't know if you've heard of that 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 terminology of the music, like I used to like throw away um, just background electronica music. It could almost be kind of lounge elevator stuff. Um, Maybe I just have no taste. (laughs) I I didn't mind it. It's good for me. (laughs) It was was fine. And I think that's probably the biggest problem. It was was fine. I I didn't find it offensive, but it didn't, you know, it didn't didn't do anything for you. Yeah, but it didn't, like, I didn't watch it and think, oh my God, this is awful. I just didn't really think anything of it. We had something the other week that we were, I think it was Wolf of Wall Street when we came to the end of that. And we were like, what do you think of the music? And we were like, I don't think anything of the music, which in itself <laughs> yeah. is a damning, damning with faint praise. So, yeah. 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 This this is it, isn't it? Is that so many times the music is almost an afterthought. And in a film like this, it shouldn't be. But I think, well, what, what do you guys think? Could it be the fact that, and we've kind of alluded to it already, it's it's trying to be a family film dealing with adult issues and it loses both. Um, and the music might also be a casualty of that because it doesn't really know which direction it needs to push in more because uh, it's trying to uh, appease to too many audiences whilst dealing with the topic of death yeah. and wasting your life and the joys of life. Because let's be fair, what it's trying to set up is um, through the character of 22, enjoying the simple things in life which is a message I don't think I need to hear again. Um, And because when she goes onto earth, even though she shouldn't have done, she's looking at all of these wonderful things that we just completely dismiss because we're used to them. Um, So it is supposed to be life affirming, but 
what do we think about it? It's getting caught in this. Is it an adult's mm. film? Is it a kid's film? Is it trying to please both? And so everything just kind of gets lost. I don't, I quite enjoyed the sort of the interplay between the characters. Um, I, I, again, I liked some of the physical comedy of the way they kind of use those abstract kind of, um, I can't remember what, 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 what I think they were called the Jerry's or something like that, who were sort of in charge and, and the way that they kind of, you know, sort of were bodiless, but also had these kind of like weird limbs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I quite like that. And um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe for me, maybe I was just like peak lockdown and um, watching this was was kind of thinking, do you know what? Yeah, do you know, what? I am going to enjoy those little things that I can enjoy so much at the moment because we we haven't got access to them so much. I mean, again, I'm pretty sure it was set in, the film was set in New York. I might have to double check that. We've we've had so many films that we we've, we've reviewed that have been in New York, and this was definitely falls in the category of of iconic, um, great greatest place to live in the world, um, uh, sort of New York, um, as opposed to maybe some of the other movies that we've watched that show it slightly differently. Um, but yeah, I I have to say I I did quite I got on board again I got on board with it. Um, uh, it, um, it 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 did kind of speak to me. Um, in terms of those those kind of like simple simple moments, yeah. So, what did we think about um, Jamie Fox as Joe and Tina Fey as Twenty Two, and I'm the glad, interactions between them? I'm glad we're moving on to the cast because I thought the cast was a real interesting group of people. Um, it was literally my most seamless segue ever. Yeah, really, <laughs> uh, but a real uh, what do you call it? Smorgasbord of of actors and, and people I really I thought it was a great cast and it wasn't actually until after I'd watched it that I went back and went oh my god that was them okay yeah it makes sense um and so yeah real interesting group group so yeah Jamie Foxx I thought yeah he was great I think Jamie Foxx kind of fits into that role quite well he's got quite a soulful voice in terms of that um would you say, I don't know I'm not musical enough I'm gonna say baritone but it got quite a, it's, he's got so, he's a nice <laughs> voice, isn't it? He's just got a nice voice he can listen to. I like mm. Jamie Foxx's voice. I think Jamie Foxx is a complete douche as a human being, <laughs> but uh, as uh, his voice, <laughs> lovely. Um, what makes you? I'm just. What makes you say that about Jamie Foxx? Have you ever seen him be interviewed? Uh, only a couple of times. Not not often. He is just. Uh, he thinks very highly of himself. Well, yeah. I know but, what I'm going to be doing on YouTube tonight. <laughs> for someone, for someone who's a very mediocre actor, he thinks very highly of himself. You mean you didn't like his portrayal <laughs> of the president in White House Down or whatever it was? I mean, come on. You mean the portrayal uh... of Jamie Foxx pretending to be a president yeah. in White House Down? Because that's all he can do. So actually, he did do quite a good job here. Sorry, I sorry. don't want to be a Jamie Foxx apologist, but Django Unchained. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh... yeah. So Jamie Foxx playing an angry cowboy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because he's just he's just playing Jamie Foxx, isn't he? That everything he does is just Jamie Foxx. Okay. Uh, there Jamie, is. So Jamie Foxx is just in good stuff. Is uh... <laughs> right. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx plays his angry self in good stuff. Right. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Whilst we're on Jamie Foxx, I've just got to quickly look it up. I watched it not too long ago. It's a Netflix original. And for some reason, my IMDb is not working. 
uh, filmography, see them all very quickly. Collateral. He didn't play an angry black dude in Collateral. No, he played a quiet guy. Yeah, quiet, unassuming taxi driver who just yeah. happened to be able to take out, you know, a guy who is a professional assassin, but we'll forget that. We'll ignore that. Um, that, was, that was Jamie Foxx before, uh, but- Fox before he got angry. What right? about Project Power? I've not seen that. Give it a go. I... Actually, we might end up reviewing that because that's a Netflix original, I think. But yeah, Project Power. I I think a challenge though sometimes with the like voice acting is there are some people that are obviously genuinely really good at voice acting, and like people that like surprise you um, uh, that they're that they're actually good at, it. and then you watch some films and you think like they've just brought this person in because of the star yeah. power. They're not actually they're just an actor. They're not just an actor, but you know they're not really skilled at this. But then there are some people in this who I personally thought were were really good, despite the fact that they are quite iconic in terms of themselves and their voice. Mm-hmm. So like Graham Norton and yeah. Richard um, Adeoade. Adeoade, yeah. But um, yeah, um, Graham for Norton, me, yeah. Wasn't, I don't know about you, but his voice is so distinctive. Yeah. And as you're sitting there, I was like, it's Graham Norton, and I really loved that. I thought that was. So, I'm not a. I'm not a big Graham Norton fan. Um, Again, not on the Jamie Foxx level, but still <laughs> not a huge fan. And um, I really, I quite liked that though. I thought he did a really good job. Mm. I, I, when, when, I, when I saw Jamie uh, Jamie Foxx had, had been cast in this film, I thought instantly went to Ray. You know, maybe play Ray Charles. Mm. And um, I thought, well, perhaps he play. You know, going to get some singing or something. Because uh, I know he did some stuff with Kanye West. And I, I think he may have had Jamie Foxx had a musical career himself. Am I am I right there? As far as I'm aware, he did. I'll have a quick look. So, yeah, I thought I thought there might have been some singing. Um, and yeah, again, again, was, was just a bit disappointed. Yeah, Peep. This is the debut studio album by American singer and actor Jamie Foxx. <laughs> I think one of the things that's interesting, and and again, you know, there'll be a lot of things that. Um, uh, people will get onto with this, but like it's clearly a a film about you know black characters, black culture, um, and I think that plays like an important part in it. And I know sadly there will typically just be a backlash against something just because you know sadly the way our society works is that you know by by raising up um one culture and celebrating it uh, you know that some people instinctively think oh that means you're putting everyone else down and it's yeah. like no just because i say that my child is beautiful doesn't mean that your child is ugly anyway they'll get off that soapbox uh-huh. what i did what i did like about this is i thought that the way that they um showed i don't know the a kind of like variety and the the mix of like the characters, the way that they were animated and the, the, the way the characters were drawn. It felt like, I don't know, that they really brought out, um, I don't know, really real kind of African-American characters on screen without being like going too close to kind of like caricature or things like that. It, it felt like real people. Uh, I don't know if, if that resonated with anyone else. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, Pixar are, are really good at doing that, you know. So I didn't I didn't really see how how it how it um, highlighted or or had any kind of black community issues or highlighted the community, considering 
for a large chunk of the film, it was a character that was drawn with an outline. Yeah, I guess it's more just kind of like visually. It's not necessarily that they, you know, and I guess, again, we're back into that whole territory of is this a kid's film? Is this a, an all age film? Is this a film that's more aimed at adults? But for me, it's just like visually seeing those people on screen. Um, and it's not kind of like, oh, let's do a multicultural mishmash because that's our world. It's like, no, it's just families and black communities living mm. together. This is not like making a massive grand statement about all black people like jazz and jazz no, no. represents this yeah. challenge. It's just th these are the people in the story. This is the story that was written um, yeah. and this is what you're going to see. Um, I, I, that's I, that's just my, my thought on it. Yeah, I did. It did feel very natural in terms of the sense of, you know, this is a black community. Um, and I think that's a really good thing in that they didn't make a big song and dance about it being a black mm -hmm. community. Because so often when they do that, they then alienate non-black audiences and probably to a degree black audiences too. Um, and so I think that they did a really good job there. And one of the things that I was really, when I was teaching, I was really conscious of in terms of representation of um, ethnic groups um, or ethnic minorities or minority groups or whatever, was that so often, especially in this country, our only interaction with groups other than our own ethnic group is through the media. And we're seeing what the media want us to see. And so it might be, you know, the famous Daily Mail might tell us all about Islam or whatever and so you know I in my day-to-day -day life I mostly interact with white people now what was really I don't want my white daughter growing up thinking that only white people exist in the world so it's nice for her to see a real kind of a representation of black people where we're not focusing on them being black we're focusing mm. on them just being other human beings in the world I think that's quite nice it's yeah I, I like I like that point I hadn't thought of it that way but it's like the day that we no longer have to identify those, uh, you know, the, the different groups around us. And it's just, hey, there's another human being. Yeah. That's when we know we've reached a point where it no longer matters. Sadly, um, I don't think we're going to get there in our lifetime. I doubt it very much. Not, not in my lifetime, um, which, according to this film, could literally be tomorrow. So, yeah. <laughs> just watch <laughs> out for man <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, but no, I, I, I like that. I hadn't even thought of that point. I think that's, yeah, that's really and, good. And I have to throw out a disclaimer that, yeah, this is me, white, middle class, <laughs> British yeah. opinion, and 100% there'll be other, you know, it's not to say that I'm not allowed to have an opinion or have a, a, a view on this, but also just holding hands up that, you know, certainly the perspective of, you know, someone who does come from a background of colour will maybe have a very different interpretation or, or, or view on what we've said. Absolutely. And this is this is the whole point of film and the media um, or the medium of film. It's like, depending on your background, you're going to have a completely different interpretation to this getting a lot of nodding this is great yeah, no, it's, yeah it's good it's good for a podcast <laughs> it? nodding nodding is is, is uh, a great medium but it's so difficult it is it is for middle class white men yeah. sitting here talking about the issue of color when none of us have ever been discriminated against in any way shape or form yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. absolutely it is tough it is tough it is it's, it's kind of that i don't want to i say it because i sound really like um cliched but that whole thing of privilege i guess it comes into the fact that we don't have to look far to see representations of us in the yeah. media 
I was even mm-hmm. thinking today, like I was watching a video on YouTube um, of a, a channel called um, Game Makers Toolkit, where it's basically a guy that just like breaks apart like um, how game mechanics work and things like that. And he did a video based on saying, oh, lots of people ask me how to get into the games industry. I don't work in the games industry. So I've done some research and spoken to some people. And here's, here's what you could do. Um, and he had a little graphic on screen where he was showing, you know, if you were in a small studio, you'd have this person doing the job. And then he gradually built it up and said, these are the different roles in a big studio. Um, and it struck me that um, one of the people sat at the desk as they kind of like slotted in a new character. Um, one of the people was in a wheelchair. Um, no need to do that. He didn't need to do that. He could have just had four men, stick figures, sat, but he chose to animate someone in a wheelchair working in this office in game design. And it did strike me that, you know, maybe I'm overthinking this, but maybe for someone with a disability, mm-hmm. they would watch that and they'd go, I'm, I'm there. I'm in that picture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the, the kind of the difference in terms of like representation and, mm-hmm. and why I kind of get on my soapbox when people get angry about a Sainsbury's advert or something like that. It's just like, yeah. I oh my know, God. Two men. Yeah. Two men holding yeah. hands. The world has ended. It's so oh, worse than that. <laughs> What do you mean, holding hands, when we have that Cadbury advert? We must take down the Cadbury advert. You, sir, have lost a customer. (laughs) Like anybody gives a monkeys about you. It's, oh, right, I'm not going to get into this. Can we go back to the cast? Sorry, yes. So (laughs) Matt has very, very, uh, very smartly stayed out of that. Um, what I will say, uh, which is what I was originally trying to bring back to in terms of the point, what do we think about the interaction between um, Joe and 22? Because a good 80% of this film is the relationship between them, um, be it that 22 is in Joe's body and Joe is in a cat, um, or they're both in the afterlife. Or so how, how do we feel that this relationship, did what well, did it work? Did, did we buy it? And was it enough to sustain 80% of the film? Because that's essentially what we're looking at. I think it did. I thought Tina Fey was great. I really liked that mm. dynamic between the two. I thought it worked really well. Yeah, and I, 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 I enjoyed, I, I think um, you could really see like how she was gradually kind of like wearing him down and he, he kind of, you know, he mm. needed her. But then it gradually got to that point where he, he obviously, you know, I can't remember what the terminology that they used, but obviously uh, he... Um, I'm sure there's a specific term in the film, but you know where he kind of break essentially breaks down her soul or whatever um, mm-hmm. by you know and and not necessarily through like being like specifically hurtful towards her, but then when you see her replay what he said to her and the way that she experienced that again, I think there's a an interesting message for like how your words can have an impact on someone in ways that you wouldn't think. Like I don't know that whole thing of like oh I'm feeling really rough at the moment. Like if I went to Alice. Um, uh, Andy and said oh you probably just need some more sleep or whatever you know or if I said that to my wife at some point I, I don't know I'd wake up after having a long sleep because I would have been fired <laughs> with something around the head or something yeah. um, and it's that kind of thing of like actually being mindful of how you're how you can break someone down not even intentionally just by being like so focused on yourself or not realizing the impact that you have and actually I loved how they played that back because in the imagery um, when they were, when 22 was um, re- replaying that imagery, I, I don't even, it wasn't even in her head, was it? Like 
Joe went into a place and then 22 is there and she's replaying what Joe said to her. Um, I, don't, I don't even know where it was, but essentially you've got Joe who is absolutely massive, like peering over 22 as she's replaying all the things that Joe has said um, that has made her kind of like go really nuts. And the imagery for me was like, how an adult would be talking to a child and how a child mm. would interpret it. Yeah. Because as far as Joe was concerned, he wasn't really being all that mean. He was just saying it as it is. This is life, kid. Get used to yeah. it. But because of the way in which the imagery was played out, you could see how 22 had interpreted that as a child. And it was basically this gigantic adult that was shouting at her, telling her that she's not good enough and, you know, you're wasting all your time. And I'm like, damn. Mm. I and I think is that how my kids see me when I talk to them because I don't mm. put all that much thought into some of the things that I say. Um, I'm like, what on earth are my kids interpreting? I, I think, mean, I think like, that imagery. Well, I think some of that imagery needed um, for me personally. You know, it was um, some some of their their <laughs> conversations they were having were a bit. Um, were a bit bland isn't the right word i didn't think and it's all hearts back to them trying to please two different audiences here um and i i think they had to pull some strong imagery out of the bag and they did it well i mean but it was a beautiful movie beautiful i wouldn't say like i wouldn't i i think that that those scenes certainly had like some resonance with me i wouldn't say it like had some of maybe the emotional gut punch of some of the other like pick but again it's where like pixar they do like even though you're looking at you're looking at it thinking of I can because you can empathize with what it would be like to be the child or be the person that, that feels that and I think that's where kind of Pixar get you is that they um they put you smack bang like emotionally in the center of the story um and then they just like keep punching you until <laughs> you're just this little crumpled mess and um uh, may, maybe I wouldn't say I had as an emotive response to this as I will happily hold my hand up and say I did with something like the beginning sort of silent movie uh, montage from up um, which Oof. like just, yeah that's that's yeah, a gut punch or, or I don't know if you guys have seen onward um the the yeah. previous yeah that that like literally I would because that we saw that in the cinema and me and my wife were literally, Emily sat there like, I like this movie, blah, blah. And then by the end, we're literally just like floods of tears. And I was like, I can't, mm. I'm not even going to hide this because it literally has just hit me like right there. I didn't go to that level, but yeah. it did kind of make me think. It definitely made me think. Because this was released around Christmas or on Christmas Day, um, again, probably largely because of lockdown, given what it's attempting to deal with, do we think that this was Disney's attempt at a it's a wonderful life kind of an aspect because that's they, what it kind of albeit really weekly that's what this kind of harkens to it's like okay i really feel like this film would have failed if it had been in the cinemas um i think that the saving grace for this film was that it was on um a streaming service um i don't think it's got i it's not a christmas film it's not a, I, a it's not got the longevity that Toy Story or Cars or <laughs> any of those other Pixar films have got, in my opinion. Mm, I think it was in, un, unintentional. I think it was a, a casualty of, of COVID and of the pandemic, and that's why it happened to hit at that time. 
and yeah so i would say there's a, the comparison is probably more of a coincidence personally mm. that's fair um, did, so uh, the only the only disney film which i think is close in scope to this was was inside out which i thought was a phenomenal phenomenal movie i, I love that disney mm. disney film um i think it was it was attempting to hit the high high places that that film hit and and mm. failed and it wouldn't is is there, are there any the same writers? Um, it wouldn't surprise me if if um, same director. Yeah, it's the same director. I think so. Yeah. Or maybe it's. But not. again, oh, it again, is. is Inside Out another one that has more of an appeal to adults in the way that it kind of breaks down kind of like the idea of sort of like your your kind of like internal like uh, dialogue and things like that um, because certainly. I remember watching that the first time with Emily and she was she got bored towards the end. We've watched it again and she did quite enjoy it, but certainly like it didn't hit in the same way. Because that's another one that I think hit me, certainly that point where like it crosses over to like at the end seeing, you know, the, the girl kind of confronting her feelings and and mm -hmm. and I, I've certainly spoken to people that have said that film has been helpful in them talking to their kids about emotions mm -hmm. and um and understanding them. So yeah, I I de there's, there's definitely a, um, a, a connection there, isn't there? Inside Out, the characters in Inside Out worked on, on a, an adult level, but also on a kid level in that, you know, my three-year-old could watch Inside Out and really enjoy watching the caricatures that are on the screen in front of her. You didn't get that in Soul. Um, now, don't get me wrong, I quite enjoyed Soul, right? But, what, you know, my point, it, it's not a kid's film and it's I don't think they are... I don't think they're the same at all. Um, I think Inside Out is pitched at kids with an afterthought for adults. Uh, I think Soul is was wrongly pitched at kids with the kind of a bigger thought of for adults. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like um, they were both probably aimed at adults. I think Inside Out, the story is, is so complex um, when you start digging into it. Um, but they but they left something in for the kids and you, mm -hmm. you're right here so same kind of scope they wanted to hit hit people in the fields but, but without appealing to the kids i think they they lost something magical that 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 disney pixar brings yeah i for the kids i just didn't find anything interesting for them to look at and i know we've said it before but if you take something like inside out it's all very much in a fantasy world and so you can have some fun with that um, and a lot of this, the only real thing that there is for the kids to look at is the fact that you've got Joe inside a cat's body. And so they're trying to have some fun with that. It's like, great. All right. Then. Cliche. Yeah. <laughs> What's this doctor doing? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I'm kind of glad I didn't watch this with the kids because I think they would have been bored, absolutely bored rotten. Your youngest definitely would have been. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, my, my youngest gets bored um, <laughs> if what he's watching is longer than three minutes long. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's, that's his attention span. He's three years old. Uh, but even my eldest, I mean, she, she will happily sit through an entire film and she's seen Cars um, and she's seen a whole host of other things and she'll sit there and she'll watch it. But I don't think she would have watched this. I think she'd be like, Daddy, can we just put Frozen back on or some such nonsense? Because I don't, I don't think it engaged like others did. I don't maybe it's a different maybe I don't know what the difference was Amelie quite enjoyed it it might have been that we were having um pizza at the same time when we watched <laughs> it I don't know that generally keeps her keeps her interested in a lot of things 
but um she yeah she she quite enjoyed it and and and, and got on board with it so but I'm saying that's probably more atypical. Um, it wouldn't have surprised me if we'd got two thirds of the way in or whatever, and she'd been like, "Daddy, can we do something else or whatever?" Yeah, I, 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 I agree on on that front. Nice. You know what? I when I first watched this film, uh, I came out. I was like, quite enjoyed that. That was all right. The more we talk about, it, the more I dislike it. <laughs> <laughs> He's done something to me. We're, we're sucking the life out of it. Yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> but no, you're absolutely all the things you've said though, I think are absolutely right. I don't disagree with any of it. Um, yeah. I, and it's weird because like on that point, Andy, I thought the way that I'm feeling the recommendations are going to shape up is not how I thought they were going to shape up when we first mm -hmm. talked about doing this one. So, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because it, it's been put out to the world. It's like, yeah, you gotta see this. This is a great family time. And I'm like. This is not a good family time. <laughs> As I, I, I think the only thing that I really enjoyed about it was, um, and I, I apologise, I'm going to butcher his surname, but it's um, David, uh, uh, oh, how do you pronounce it, Andy? Ayawadi. Thank you, Ayawadi. Thank you, Richard. Sir. Richard. 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 Why did I say David? I don't know. Anyway, Richard Ayawadi. Um, I thought he was hilarious. I, I like his dry wits. Mm. I thought we needed more of that type of thing. Um and, and I think the only reason that I was wanting more comedy is because I wasn't satisfied with any of the other topics that I was getting. It wasn't hard hitting enough for me to be like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this is this is a bit of a gut punch. It wasn't uh, it wasn't entertaining enough on a visual front to be laughing at any kind of physical comedy or be amused by. I don't know if you're going to break it down by the pretty colors and everything that's moving around. Oh, look at that. So there was none of that here. Uh, for a film that's called Soul, and I'm going to turn in my grave forever for leaning on such a cliche. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Was, it was completely soulless. I, had, hey, I was waiting for someone to say it. Somebody okay, had to say it. I'm going to preface it by, I, I already preface it by saying I know that it is the most cliche thing to say about this film. Um, but quite frankly, this film doesn't deserve any more than limp cliches. I'm I'm gonna kick it off. I mean, I'm happy to keep talking about it, but I will not recommend this to anyone. I thought this film was soulless. I you wouldn't you wouldn't recommend oh. it to anyone. No, I was <laughs> bored stiff. I wouldn't recommend it to kids because I think they're gonna be bored. I wouldn't recommend it to parents because I think that there's not enough adult material in here to actually be engaging. Um, I ended up watching this film in three sittings, not because it's long, because it's not, but because I was bored stiff and i wanted to do anything else other than watch this film uh so yeah if i had the option of putting this on or the teletubbies i'd watch the flipping teletubbies because at least then <laughs> the i would be lie. bored into a coma and i'd actually fall asleep um i'm i'm so i oh I, and i wasn't going to do a recommendation this early but i've just reached a point i'm like this film I loved Jamie Foxx and I loved Tina Fey. I hated the film. I was bored stiff and I am absolutely appalled that Pixar came out with something like this. Um, I would much rather go and watch Cars for the hundredth time. And that and Cars is by no means, you know, a, a high level Pixar thing. It's about talking cars and he has to... I don't know, find out that winning at races is not everything that there is to life, even though he 
well, he doesn't win the final race, does he? No, he's... Don't, he's, don't ruin it. Don't ruin cars. Oh, yeah, don't... Spo- spoiler <laughs> alert for a 15-year-old film. Um, anyway, I, anyway, that's that's me done. No, hell no. Don't watch <laughs> anything else. Can I go next? Because, Damon, I think, I think that was unrelentlessly hard. Um, I, I, I agree to some extent about the... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's not a film aimed at kids. I don't think. I think it. Don't think that's probably what Disney wanted, but it's not what they've got. I don't think it's that awful. When I finished watching this film, I was like, "That was an alright film." It's not, I'm probably never going to watch it again. But it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but I'm gonna. Do you know what? I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna recommend it. You got nothing else to watch? <laughs> give it a go. I'm gonna recommend it just because Damo was so harsh about it. <laughs> Who's I going next then? I have um, no words. I'll go next. Um, I was also bored by this film. Um, <clears throat> I I couldn't wait for it to finish. Um, I thought that 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 we we didn't. We weren't treat so that it was obvious it wasn't a kids' film from from the get go, um, but we weren't treated like adults enough to 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 delve into the topics like like we should have. We, we were there were there were we was trying to hit emotional points without without giving any meat away. If you like, there, there's other films that do this really well. And, and I, since we've been talking, I remembered a movie called uh, Waking Life, which was a um, an animated film. Which which deals with death. Um, a, a guy gets up in the morning, gets hit by a car, and um, the the rest of the film is is um, him talking to a variety of different psychologists. And uh, if you can believe it, he talks to Alex Jones at one point and um, realizes that that humanity is going mad. Um, and and then this is all set to a beautifully um, cell drawn you know um, drawn over the over the over the video footage kind of animated movie it's fantastic so i'd recommend going to watch that instead i think it's on amazon prime at the moment um yeah i didn't know what this film wanted to be and and yeah don't waste your time <laughs> so sam that's uh, that leaves you sir <laughs> just leaves me yeah um where do we go from here um i like it i like this movie um i i enjoyed it uh, i it it did it did speak to me. I, I enjoyed the humor, the the physical comedy of it. Um, I agree with with some of the critiques. Um, I think it is more geared towards uh, a an adult viewer as opposed to a um, a, a child. Or, uh, but that said, um, yeah, it, it spoke to me. I didn't find it as repulsive. I don't know if I would put it up there as my my favorite uh, Disney Pixar, but it certainly doesn't sink to the depths that Cars or any of the Cars franchise have done. It certainly has a much higher level of quality. Um, so it's going to be a recommendation from me. Nice, nice. <clears throat> cars is better than this. Um, although that might just be my son brainwashing me, having watched it a thousand times. <laughs> Right. So, gentlemen, obviously, I, I did jump in there a little bit early with my... Re- I couldn't keep it in anymore. I just lost it. Uh, would anybody like to say anything more about this film before we wrap up today? No, I think I've said yeah. a lot. Good. About yes, I think we're done. Fair news. In which case, uh, again, 
I guess you're just going to have to listen to this pod and decide who you agree with the most because we are <laughs> bang on the fence. We got two for two on this one. You can either agree with the sympathizers of bad storytelling um, <laughs> or you can uh, you can come join the rest of us who think that this is a big old pile of poop. So, yeah, the choice is yours. Um, let us know, won't you? So you can let us know through things like, see... Uh, absolutely seamless there if i hadn't stopped to point out the segue you can let us know through the likes of facebook we're on facebook uh parents and preachers podcast on facebook we are on where else are we andy where are we dude uh we're on instagram we're on youtube uh facebook instagram youtube yeah I think that's Twitter. it, really. Yeah. Twitter, yeah. Uh, yeah if you uh if you stream podcasts uh you can find us on itunes whoop whoop if you're um, on Clubhouse, you can find me on Clubhouse. You can find Andy on Clubhouse. <laughs> yes, you can, because, you know... But it's, not Damo. Not Damo. It's not for Android. Um, <laughs> it's stupid Clubhouse. And, uh, yeah, you can also find us on... Um, well, Anchor has now been bought out by Spotify, so they're one in the same. Yeah. yeah, Spotify owns Anchor now. But you can find us on Anchor, which is where we host this. And, of course, Spotify owns it, so you can find us on Spotify as well. Or you can use any real podcasting application to stream us as you like, third parties and all that jazz. Now, obviously, you might have noticed a bit of a difference in quality with this week. The intros and outros are <laughs> a little bit appalling. <laughs> That's because we've not been on the air for a few weeks. We have been very, very busy. Although, last episode, uh, Matt and Sam, what did you cover, guys? You covered... Uh, we did Inception. So, um, yeah, it should, should hopefully be, uh, be on soon. Yeah. Nice. Now, I am in the process of listening and editing to Inception. Obviously, it'll all be a bit weird because if you listen to that episode first and this one later, I'm talking about an episode that you've already listened to that I am currently in the process of uh, editing. Um, but for what it's worth, 100% recommend that film. <laughs> yeah, go watch that instead of this crap. Um, you'll have a much better family time with Inception than you will with Soul. So, yeah. Damo, I think if you could be a little bit more honest and open with your feelings about this film, <laughs> it would benefit all of us. Um. Well, what it was, I woke up the other day and I realised that this is uh, this is a show that is hosted by individuals with very strong views. But I do sometimes feel that I might hold back because I don't want to offend anybody. But unfortunately, this film has seen an end to such behaviour. Um, because I was that egregiously not offended. Don't get me wrong. I was just bored. I am not going to have the final say on this because I'm sure plenty of people really will enjoy this. So someone who enjoys the film, you say bye-bye now. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, guys. Go go watch it. See what you think. And then get onto social media and give Damo some grief about yeah. how harsh he was over this, okay? Mm. It's not give it a chance. Bad. It's not like exactly yeah. give it a chance. Yeah. That's bye-bye from me. Bye, guys. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye.